welcome to another episode of the Lipstick League. I'm Natalie Eganoff. And I am Nicole Mahalik, and it's where sports and pop culture come to play. And we have another guest! Yay! Our second Yay! guest podcast. Um, Bex uh, was in Philadelphia for, how many years were you here, Bex? Hi. Uh, I want to say like five total by the time I left. Yeah, five or six years. And how many format flips did the station have? <laughs> well, it wasn't only format. It was company flips. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> we had a number of them. <laughs> so obviously we have a lot of listeners from Philly and you were on 96.5, but then you also did some stuff on WIP, which yeah. is the other, which is the other sports station. So that is what, not only are we friends, um, but you're now in Boston. And when we like came up with this whole topic of, is other cities as hard on players as Philly? And, you know, we talk and we're like, wait, Bex like grew up and worked in radio in New York. Mm-hmm. And then she worked in Philly and in, in, in sports in Philly. And now she's in Boston. Like talk about a badass female representative uh-huh. to come on the Lipstick League. Of all those different cities. It's funny because they are so different and so much alike yeah they hate each other but I'm like you guys are all the same which is (laughs) crazy that's how it always is like whether it's like cities or like people it's like you always find when like things like people are really passionate and they like have so many opinions and they like you know it's like oh we hate each other but it's like but you're all kind of the same yeah you have like the same baseline for you know the way that you are so it makes sense that you know those three cities especially the biggest sports cities in the country yeah what's bigger than new york philadelphia and boston for sports that, that's it so you have Chica- like- chicago a little bit maybe but that's yeah, that's probably fourth yeah because yeah. fourth yeah you've experienced the trifecta of the pinnacle of sports fandom in the united states of america and what's really cool is that I was in Philly when they won the Super Bowl. And then the next year I moved to Boston. So I was at the at the Patriots Super Bowl parade. I was at like the Eagles parade. Then I was at the Patriots parade. And then I came here through Robert Kraft and his little uh, spa service debacle. Tom Brady's controversy of right. is he staying, is he leaving, the dynasty falling apart with Tom right. Brady versus Belichick. So like... I feel very privileged to have gotten to Boston when all of that was unfolding because for a very long period of time, like Boston sports was just title town. Like they were just, they're just accustomed to winning. So it was actually cool to come here and move here when there was a lot of controversy happening. And what, what was that like um, during the, you know, I guess the unraveling of the dynasty and the downfall, if you will, of Tom Brady from the Patriots. And like when that relationship dissipated, do you feel like it was like, that's all that everybody talked about there? It had to be right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this city, just like Philly, leads their sports like most people are in either Sox gears or Celtics or Patriot like and and like you go like game day you go into the city and it's packed like everybody's going to going into you know the TD Garden here with with, it's their Wells Fargo so like this city loves their sports they're and it's awesome to be a part of it um but watching it unfold 
being an outsider was absolutely fascinating because I work with an entire team. They weren't born in Boston, but they've spent the last 20 years of their lives in Boston. Right. Wait, let's, let's back up for a second. Just give a little recap for people who don't know your background. Okay. Like talk about where you grew up, how you got started in radio, your time in Philly and how you ended up in Boston. And then that will be a good, that will be a way for us to kind of like weave yeah, through right. all this. Tell me about what it was like in Boston when Tom. <laughs> yeah. Plus it's a good tease. To the dirt. Um, so I grew up in New Jersey. It's funny because I grew up in New Brunswick, which is literally like center of the state. Yeah. So half of the people I grew up with were like Giants, Yankees, Mets fans. Everybody else was, you know, your Eagles, your um, like all Philly sports. So I actually didn't like I, I grew up first generation I'm Lebanese so like my mom and dad came from Lebanon you know when they were whatever 20 years old my dad like he's like football what's that like I didn't mm. grow up in a household that loved sports so I ended up falling in love with Aaron Rodgers and I'm like I'm gonna be a <laughs> Packers fan so not a bad choice yeah not a bad choice <laughs> So like I grew up a Packers fan, not really knowing what that meant. Right. You know? <laughs> um, and then a, a Yankees fan, just because that's what everybody was wearing around me. Wait, uh, so was your was Lebanon? What sport was is big in Lebanon? Is it soccer? Um, it just wasn't no, a I thing. Guess it would technically be like I guess basketball. They weren't. They're not a very sports oriented right. country um but they they were big in basketball i mean soccer okay. anywhere outside of the united states is major um but it just wasn't something that was like we didn't watch football on sundays right and actually uh I, it's so weird saying my fiance now but jimmy um your fiance like i, I still want to say my boyfriend but um <laughs> it was amazing watching the eagle super bowl with him because it was him his brother his dad and his grandpa and mm. I missed out on that side of yeah. it you know yeah so, um, but that was really cool so I grew up in Jersey um I went to school in Jersey City uh that's where I went to college um post-college what what's the college in Jersey City it's uh St. Peter's it was uh, okay yeah with Jesuit I interned all over the place knew I wanted to do radio so I interned in New York radio at that point um like randomly sent a fake air check to Philly uh shout out to Buster at uh at Q over there um and he brought me on like I was doing overnights and weekend shifts for like a year and a half finishing at like 4 a.m driving all the way back to North Jersey where I was living at that point and god um, the three of us are such hustlers I mean we like let's just like tap ourselves on the back I mean the amount of miles like that we probably put like on our Fords and our Civics you know like over like I didn't even yes. have to pay oh. for gas, but I was like, I gotta do this. Like, yeah, to do it at that yeah. Point. Um, so I was at Wire ninety six five doing weekends, overnights. Miraculously, you know, I ended up moving into a morning role position, which is really cool. Um, and then yeah, just sort of evolved from there. Um, in Philly, I had such a great time in Philly. I didn't realize how much I loved it and how much I'd miss it until I left it. Um, but I was at ninety six five. I got to do stuff with. Uh, WIP and also CBS. I did an entertainment report with them um, and then KYW. And then this position opened up in Boston and I couldn't say no to it. So I came and um, 
now I work at, it's um, a top 40 station. It's called Kiss 108. And I um, co-host and executive produce our morning show. So um, it's a morning show that it's a heritage show. It's been on the air for 40 years. Um, it's really cool. They're amazing. And yeah, I've been in all these great cities with major sports fans and major sports narratives all the time. Like there's not yeah. a day that we don't talk about sports at work. Yeah. That's, and and that's the beauty of being in a city like that is even though you're, you know, you're doing top 40 radio, uh, you know, yeah. at, at a heritage station, it's still like, that's everyday content. Like that's, yeah. and that's something that you don't have to come up with because the storylines write themselves. It's not <laughs> doing it. It's just kind of like, it's like, let's check in and see what's going on with the teams. You know, and let me tell you you, know the Patriots write constant stories. Like there is always something coming out of whether it's Belichick or Kraft or Tom, like we still report on Tom Brady, even though he's not a Patriot anymore. But mm -hmm. like you're constantly like, what's Tom doing? Where's Tom today? What kind of house did he buy? Where's Giselle? What's Giselle doing? Oh, the kids are in their Instagrams. So like they just write themselves. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting too, because so we write stories on our blog on the radio station and obviously I'm in country. And one of the top stories in all of 2020, it was like the fourth top story that I wrote on my blog was Jason Kelsey announces retirement. Yeah. But remember when like he did that fake Instagram where he's like, I'm not retired, I'm retiring for, and like, what was it? He was like, he was, he was retiring from, or was that when he announced that he was having a baby? What did he say? He was, remember that? Retiring from diapers. I feel like it had to do with his child. Yeah, it was like, and then this week, it was the two stories of Zach Ertz crying, and then the picture of Zach, then the video of Zach Ertz, Jason Kelsey, and Carson Wentz alone on the link, yeah. and like, both of those stories had like 12,000 yeah. It's yeah. like, I'm in country, and those were the big stories on XTU, you know it's what I mean? Not, like When you live in a city that loves their sports, people want to know what's happening with their, their players. Yeah, so obviously, the Eagles are like the team in philly and natalie i think would you say that it's eagles sixers phillies flyers um at this point yeah which i think is amazing that the sixers have kind of you know rose through the ranks over the last five years at the very minimum um to right that dominant team yep city the way that they kind of just transitioned um the team their in-game presentation like they their ingrained presentation i feel is like the best live experience you can have for one of the teams in the city but the reason that it's so good is because they sucked for so long so yeah they're like if people can't come watch a good basketball team we're gonna have somebody on a unicycle balancing um bowls on their head you know and and then we're gonna have a dunk squad and then we're gonna have the mascot who also can do like amazing acrobatics and then we're gonna have the dancers so like and shout out to Christian Crosby. We can't yes. forget <laughs> Christian Crosby, um, who is, I mean, you know, he's our in arena host. He's amazing. Um, Live life nice, girls. <laughs> right. Yeah, like they, you know, the Sixers got it. So it's it's great to see like them. And I mean, now, depending on what happens with the Eagles and the shit show that has become their front office, the team, you know, all the like the terrible decisions they've made. Like the Sixers really have a chance if they keep winning to like, I think that they could be the number one team in this town because prior to the Sixers, you know, coming up, it was, it was Eagles and Phillies, you know, think like about back yeah. 2008, 2009, Eagles, Phillies, they were always competing for headlines. I remember Donovan McNabb announced his, um, that he was like leaving 
and then the Phillies came out and they announced that they were doing something. I can't remember what it is like right now, but they were always competing. So now like the Phillies are the last because they've sucked. They haven't made the playoffs in almost a decade, you know, and then it's like the flyers are pretty hot right now, but hockey's such a, like a niche sport, but not in Boston. Like the, oh, no, the Bruins, they love the Bruins out here too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bruins I mean, are great there. And then, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's awesome. So how do, how do they rank in Boston? Do you think? Oh, I, nothing is the page. I mean, the Patriots, um, I would say Patriots, um, the Sox suck too. So I would probably go Patriots, Celtics, Bruins. I don't know though. The Bruins are like a heavy contender too. They're Bruins. Like what if you're walking around, like, I guess I kind of look at it like when you're walking around Philly, like you see Eagles gear and I'm not talking even in season. I'm talking like on average all year round you're always gonna see people in eagles gear and then like you're gonna kind of see some sixers kind of see some um phillies and then like a little bit flyers so i guess that's like when i think of that like even when the eagles suck i still feel like they're the number one team yeah that like i would agree that that's how it is here i mean the patriots like they are going through the most transition that they've ever gone through right now between you know Tom Brady leaving, Edelman didn't have a season with them, Cam coming in, but people yeah. are still loyal to their team. And what's fascinating is, and this is what I was saying before about like being an outsider in a studio with people that have were born and or spent the last 20 years here. They look at somebody like Tom Brady and they like, they hate him. And I'm like, they brought you like, he brought you so much, like he did so much for this city for so long. But it was, I think the way, first off, I think it's too soon, right? Like when you break up with somebody, like you need some time to heal. Right. And that's kind of where they are. Um, but yeah, there's like, there's, it's, it's almost a little bit of anger and bitterness towards Tom Brady, where I'm like, from the outside, I'm like, do you know how long people waited for a Super Bowl, you know, whereas whereas here they've almost become a little bit more accustomed to it. That um, it, it's a little bit more of a bitterness feeling. Well, that's a very Philadelphia mentality, though, right? Like I feel like if somebody left us like that, I mean, even yeah. the way that Donovan McNabb, who statistically is great, the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time, like you can't deny his stats, right? Are still so mad at him. I mean, myself included. You know. Yeah. I mean, he never delivered us the Super Bowl, but on paper, he's the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time. And, and like the fan base is just totally out on him. I feel so yeah. that's also interesting that they have like this like visceral, like yeah. and like this emotional attachment. And I think a lot of it had to do with how he left because there was a lot of back and forth. It was like almost this dangling, like he got an endorsement deal with I forget who I think it was like a watch company and during the Super Bowl like posted this ad and people couldn't tell if he was walking into the studio or stadium or walking yes out. oh so that was yeah so it's almost like he like drug us along and you're being like you're like is he leaving is he staying then Edelman like one day was like he's not leaving he's not going so it was a lot of that anger exists and I mean I think just across sports in general you get so attached to these players and imagine he was here for 20 years yeah I I have like so many thoughts on Tom Brady but I can't imagine him being my quarterback winning all those um all those titles and then leaving like 
I'm upset now for Boston fans. Yeah. I can feel how that must feel for them. And you know what was one of the biggest things that, as I said before, I was at back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, or sorry, Super Bowl parades. And it was so amazing having that had that experience because like being at the Eagles one, like like people were bringing ashes of yeah. their deceased yeah. you know, <laughs> husband. Yeah. And it was literally, yeah. Literally. And it was almost like it was almost like a Wednesday sips for the Patriots here because it was just sort of like they were used to these parades. Like right. You know, a parade down through the city isn't something that like was was you know this unbelievable thing that year too it was the year that i got here the patriots won the super bowl and then the red sox now <laughs> controversy because they cheated but yeah they won um the world series the world series oh so like, you, you got like you got a they, double whammy That's- yeah prime time and then the bruins i think they came like really close i think they lost in like game seven or something they, like they that. did they they yeah. almost won the stanley cup right yeah 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 mm-hmm. i was like i'm the, like totally good luck charm here going <laughs> ever ever leave like you're yeah forever. yeah the thing that's interesting about the tom brady thing for me is that like i feel like i'm sure there are people but i feel like it was it was well twofold i feel like sometimes with a relationship like you know it's over like it's like it's played out and we have no heart we're so grateful for our beautiful children yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean or in this case oh, trophies yeah. but like it's time to like try something new right and then on the flip side, I feel like people are, they just got so used to the winning that they, that that's why they got mad. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know. I, I think maybe, maybe yeah. what'd you say that? I said, welcome to the dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I think that like, I could see people being like, okay, like it was time for him to yeah, go. Both sides of it. And I think a narrative that we didn't get insight on but was like real was the concept of like this Belichick versus Tom Brady yeah like whose team is it and I I think that there was some like really serious contention between them and again totally my speculation I don't really know anything but um I think that there were like some really serious issues between them and they I mean, Tom Brady, like, took pay cuts to play, and I don't think he wanted to end his career somewhere else, but I think he, like you said, you get to a point where you know the relationship's just over, and, like, the longer you stay. Well, like- and that's, actually, that's why I, like, busted open, and I was like, tell me about Tom Brady, because yeah, yeah. I remember following it here in Philly, and it was just, like, a steady decline, right? Like, he stopped going to OTAs, yeah. and mm-hmm. then it came out that he did that as a compromise with Giselle. Because Giselle was like, you're not stepping up to the plate at home, which I find fascinating. And yeah, because she's like, okay, like I'm a supermodel. I make more money than you. I know that you're Tom Brady and you've won all these championships, but like you're not stepping up to the plate at home. So like, Uh I'm going to need you to like curb your football. He didn't go to OTAs, which like a lot of veteran players don't, which is fine. But like, you know, that was kind of like the first sign that like he was like starting to pull back from like some of his responsibilities, I guess, if you will. And then I remember the report that came out that said like the final meeting, like one of the final meetings with Tom and Bill, Giselle was there. And apparently like, again, I'm, I'm pulling this from like the back of my, like 
brain um that Giselle like ripped Bill Belichick like a new asshole and like had all these demands and I'm just like he brought his wife (laughs) yeah to the meeting you know she was like under the table kicking him (laughs) yeah fucking say it oh can I curse on this can I yeah you can curse okay Yeah. yeah And, you know, with her accent, I can remember her being like, you're not good to talk. <laughs> you know, like, my husband can't catch the ball or throw the ball at the same time. You know, like, you're not good to Tom. Like, we're not going to stay. And like, so yeah. I can see like that whole thing. I, I remember just being like my eyes like wide open, like yeah. to like see how it go down. And the fact that she was involved, I was like, this is great. So that's what I'm also curious. Now that they're mad at Tom, do they, are they like out on Giselle too? so this is my perspective from the people I work with oh yeah um Giselle never really wanted to be here so I think (laughs) that um like she spent 20 years in Boston and like she didn't really affiliate herself with any like charitable Tom did Tom did a lot for the city but like she was kind of in and out which a lot of players and a lot of players wives and families do that like we see them a lot of them are displaced they get apartments in the city for the length of the season and and it's over but for as long as they lived here I think that she never really took a liking to the city and she was ready to be out so I don't think people ever attach themselves to her as they did attach themselves to Tom I think she was just sort of there yeah I kind of find that fascinating I think the thing for me that like I knew he was going is like even before his last season at Boston they put the house on the market do you remember that and I was like guys this is obvious he's gone like and people were like oh well he's just I'm like you don't put your house on the market unless like you're leaving but I always thought that with Giselle that like you never ever ever heard her being involved in Boston at all like when you're somewhere for 20 years, yeah, that's a long length of time. Like, I mean, that's like the majority, like that's a, that's a, a lifetime. Yeah. Right? Well, not a lifetime, but you know, but yeah, she never really, um, she never really ingrained herself into the city from what, again, I've been here two and a half years, but from what I've been made aware of. And another thing, like you said, with the house on the market, Tom on, um, the front of like things he was doing locally. He started in that last year, um, like reports are coming out, like he did a lot with, um, I think it's a big, uh, something buddies. Best buddies, best, best buddies. buddies, yeah. yeah. Which is, yeah. And he was a huge representative and a brand ambassador. He pulled himself off of that in Boston and decided to go and do like the national side of it. So like all these little things from um, a more local and a more Boston-based standpoint, he started doing those things too, where there were all signs that he was going to be leaving soon. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like- when Nick Foles like they were speculating like whether or not he was gonna stay and then they're like he's a Christian man he'll be a backup like and hold the clipboard <laughs> yeah care about money and you know on the Mike Mismelli show we were like all right he's still a human like yeah it's a bigger paycheck somewhere else to go start he's gonna leave he's Philly so like well. sorry Philadelphia like like I'm sure it was like the same with Tom they're like he'll never leave us he loves us so much exactly. and it's and I think that we forget that as sports fans, that like, I think they grow to love the cities that they live in, but there's like, they're still working. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. still going to make yeah. decisions based on their families, based on contracts, based on money. And as a, as a fan, you're just like, no, like 
Nick Foles is ours and he's not going anywhere. Like, you know, like you, you, uh, you attach yourself to them in a more emotional way than they would, you know, to us. So I guess the question that I have coming from somebody who like saw New York and saw Philly, um, do you feel like the media, the fans are harder on the players? Now, Boston, like we already talked about, is like a championship city. So the city's used to winning. Whereas like Philly, my theory and how all this came up was I feel the reason that Philly has not had a superstar since Allen Iverson is because the city in general is way too hard on people and they can't take it, especially in the world of social media. Eight, people hate Donovan McNabb. And that was even before, like, I don't even know if MySpace was a thing in 2005. Like, there wasn't like internet trolls on MySpace, you know what I mean? So like, and the Donovan McNabb, like Donovan McNabb is still like an alcoholic because of the hell he went through in Philly. And that was like before social media. And so like, I just feel that listening to sports radio and being online and, and seeing the media and listening to people, like I feel they're so, so, so hard on these athletes and that it really does take it take it out mentally and I'm curious like what the vibe is like with that in Boston like how do they treat Jason Tatum like how you know what I mean how are they what do they think of the Red Sox yeah I mean I would say this goes back to like how similar I feel Boston and Philly is I hope I'm not offending anybody by saying that but I experience both cities and really they are like when they're winning, they're the best. And when they're losing, like blow the whole team up. We need an entire, like, (laughs) that's just how it is here. Like, if, if, you know, Cam has one bad game, uh, you know, they, they made the worst decision. Like, what are they doing? So like, I, and I don't know, that's just a sports thing in general, you know, like, I don't know if that's, if if you'll get that anywhere you go. Um, But I think that that exists, but I also don't know if it would change in other cities because of social media, you know, like, like, even though Tom Brady was Boston, like Tom Brady was everywhere, you know, like, yeah, you look at people like Cam, like Cam, before Cam got here, you know, and and Carson Wentz, like, there's Wentzylvania, and Carson Wentz was the biggest selling jersey forever, and it wasn't just people in Pennsylvania buying it, like, yeah, it became a name, so, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, now literally to you, Uh Well, and it's funny that you say that, like about the winning and the losing, because I found myself like since we had our one Super Bowl every year since, I feel like I don't know if it's just because I was so used to the Eagles losing that I was not as like angry. And I think now that I've had a taste of the ultimate victory and especially the way that things have gone the last three years with the Eagles, particularly last year. And I don't know if it was just because 2020, again, was a shit show you know, there was so much going on in the world. So I had like all this like pent up aggression and I would like take it. I was like, am I taking out like my 2020 like energy like on the Eagles? Because <laughs> I was like, I'm so pissed at them, anger than I've ever been. And I think it's just because like having that like the highest high and then yeah. like them winning four games this year, I'm like, how did we get here? Yeah, yeah. How are you we needs to go? And I'm like, if we won like, multiple times I don't know if my brain would like break from from the highs and the lows of like winning and losing and I'm not even on the team like constantly chasing that high because yeah feels like right so for Boston like they get a taste of it like every other year 
Yeah. And the it, Boston it, thing is, I'm sorry, Bex, go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying it's, and that's why it's interesting being here now because in the first time ever, it doesn't seem like they have a plan, you know, like that's never been the case for the Patriots. Like the Patriots were always like, you knew they were going to the playoffs and because yeah. Tom Brady's going to carry them there and they had a solid team around him. Uh, so yeah, it, it's interesting because nobody knows now, you know, it, it, and to me, I'm like, oh, this is normal. I, I, I lived in Philly for a bunch of years. We never really knew what was going to happen. You know? <laughs> yeah. So like, to me, I'm like, guys, it's, it's fine. Like, relax. You're going to be <laughs> fine. But um, it, it's a different place for them now because they're not used to this. So like, I guess that's the shitty part about always winning is that you're so lost when it's gone. Yeah. It's an existential crisis. Like this, like the Boston Patriots fan or the, yeah, the New England Patriots fans are like, just like, what is our identity now? Like they probably yeah. like, just like, we're so lost. And then you go from Tom Brady to Cam Newton. Yeah. <laughs> but see, I think that that's what also makes it interesting, right? Is that like, we're Philly, we're in a horrible space because like, who was supposed to be our franchise quarterback, who was supposed to be at MVP, all of a sudden, had the the most crazy plummet in NFL history that no one could figure out. At least in Boston, Tom Brady left. Do you know what I mean? Like he was he was up here, and then Tom was like, "I'm gonna go." And it's hard because you see him winning. Because I yeah. love the Boston the the Boston question: Is it is Belichick Belichick without Brady, and is Brady Brady without Belichick? And you know, it's an amazing. This is the first time since 2007 the Patriots did not make the playoffs, and it's the first time since 2008 that Tampa Bay did make the playoffs, and the common denominator is Tom Brady. motherfucking Brady. You know what I mean? Tom I, John Edward Brady. <laughs> I think he is, and that's why I can't fathom people, because even before I got here, I always thought Tom Brady was arguably the best quarterback to ever play the game. Oh, the, he, he is. He is, yeah. So for me, I'm like, like, if you have like, like, how do you, it's, it's like, when, like, it's like when these celebrities cheat on their wives, you're like, why would somebody cheat on Megan Fox? Right? Like she's yeah. beautiful, but it, it, I guess like you just got so used to it being around that you're, you know, yeah. Know. It, to me, it blew my mind. Cause I came here and I was like, oh my God, Tom Brady, this is awesome. So yeah, it, it blows my mind because I think he's a fantastic quarterback. But I think going back to like being hard on players, like from the people that I know that lived in the Carolinas, like people loved Cam Newton in at, uh, on when he was on the Panthers. Like they would they would dress like him, and like he did a lot of stuff for the community. Like I don't think that like North Carolina is as insane as we. Like I don't think that they were as mean to Cam as we are here. But do you think that they're as hard of sports fans? As no, no. I think it has something to do with climate. I've always had this theory, but mm. I don't think warm places are as committed to their sports teams as colder places because like they're probably out and about doing things. Like, I don't know. I've always had this theory that it has something to do with the climate. Maybe yeah. we're just like more rugged and, you know, able to sustain more anguish i don't know what it is but i i don't i i just have this thing about weather and sports fans wait that's uh, that's fascinating yeah I really, I really like the concept of that and 
I think that that like, especially think about football season, right? So it's September to February, the coldest months of the year. And it's like, that's what you look forward to each week. Like Packers mm-hmm. fans are in the snow. Like you are a loyal fan. Yeah. If you are paying hundreds of dollars to go and watch this game in the freezing cold, like that's yeah. loyalty. Right. And then, yeah. you, and then you have like LA where like they have yeah. these teams, but like, like the, when the, when the, um, the Kings were really good, you know, when, yeah. when they won the Stanley cup with like Mike Richards and Jeff Carter, like after they left Philly, it like it was just like a drop in the bucket there like on like their sports radio apparently is just very like all right everyone like let's talk about the games and then it's callers like well yeah I was really glad they you know they scored a goal where like here we're like (laughs) yeah (laughs) like why didn't he like take a razor to his face like it's so true like even Miami like you look at when LeBron went over there like nobody looked at the like nobody looked at Miami and looked at the heat. Like LeBron went there and then people started caring, but it's like, oh, maybe I'll make it to the game. Like, I just don't think they have that same. And, and I would be totally wrong, but that's just. Well, yeah. I mean, like the Dolphins, I knew they sucked, but even when the Eagles sucked, the stadium was still full. Yeah. Like yeah. the Dolphins, they, what was it last year? The Dolphins it's were so bad that like they had to like move seats because like there was things that were sponsored and they had to basically like give tickets away because they needed people to be in the seats for like the camera angles and shit well, on TV. Is that why um, Jacksonville, like they have that pool. I know. How fun is that? The stadium that you can buy tickets and like go watch the game from the pool. With- yeah, I'm telling you, nobody, they don't care. Yeah, right. That, like they put that pool in as an attraction to like. <laughs> <laughs> like right. They casino. Yeah, they have to make it like an activity. So are you like right now, what is the pulse like with um, the Celtics and the Bruins? Like, are people excited? Are they like, meh? Um, I would say if it was any other year, it's weird because I think COVID and like everything Mm -hmm. in the world sort of like put this drape on sports. Mm -hmm. And it was nice because for so long, it was such of a great, like when sports came back, it was like, like, thank God. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like, the excitement level is there. Um, but it's, I don't feel like it's it would have been at the same level as any other year because it's not like people could go to the games. Like, it's not people are like, you're not getting dressed and you're going to the bars in the city. You know what I mean? So, and I'm sure it's the same for, you know, Philly um, and every city across the country. So, I mean, you're now resorting to just watching it at home, which is great. And by the way, shout out to Adam Silvers. I think he should run for president because I'd love him. Oh, um, yeah. He's yeah, amazing. NBA was the gold standard. Through yeah, the absolutely. Unbelievable. Um, Everything with like COVID and with like social justice, like they just, they just get gold stars. Yeah, yeah. I love him. <laughs> I just want to hug him. He's like a Tom Hanks to me. I was like, yeah, give him a hug. Well, uh, so your fiance, Jimmy is from Philly, right? Well, he's from South Jersey, right? Where is he actually yeah, from? Um, from South Brunswick. Okay. Oh, Jimmy's from South Brunswick too. Yeah. But and, you met in Philly. Yeah. Oddly. And what's crazy oh, is we used to go to the same pool club. Well, my parents used to run the food stand at the pool club and he used to go to the pool club. So we were like little kids playing wiffle ball on the front lawn of the pool club. But you don't remember him from then. No, it's funny. I kind of remember his brother because he had like a bowl cut. Uh, but I don't remember Jimmy, but we reconnected in Philly and um, he's 
he's great. He moved to Boston with me. He. But wait, do you know that they say that that's a thing? That like that you're that there's like they say that like when you meet like your husband or your wife or your person that there's actually been a time in life that you've have crossed paths before. Okay, I just got like chills. Yeah, like they say that like whatever that is, like, you know, there's always those crazy stories where like these people get married and then they find an old kindergarten photo and like, right, but like you clearly played together when you were like kids, even though you didn't know each other. Yeah, it's crazy. So it it might be a a thing where like you were in like a target at the same time two years, you know what I mean? Like, but like, that's what they say. That's cool. So we don't say um, Natalie dates Hallmark Hank. Um, and so we have to figure out where your path, well, you kind of live in the same neighborhood. So I'm sure. You know what's funny? We have, um, we've actually talked about how we've been at Frankfurt Hall. Exactly. Yeah. But at like Frankfurt Hall for New Year's Eve. And there you go. Yeah. That's the crossing of paths. And I was like, we were probably like drunk and made out. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like, like before COVID, like saliva, you should just fly everywhere. You know what I mean? It probably, probably like, or like you brush each other's arm in passing, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. But Jimmy's family are Philly's fan. They're like Philly oh, fans. He's diehard. And I mean, I moving to Philly, like I became a Philly's fan, but this is essentially what exists in my house all the time. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so what does he, what does he think of the difference between, what does he think of the difference between Boston and Philly? Maybe you want to come and tell them? Come here, Melissa. Wait, ask him what the score is. <laughs> yeah, ask him what the score is the Sixers-Nets game. Uh, it's 74-66. Uh, okay. You want to know what you think the difference between Philly and Boston fans are? Thanks for joining the pod. Thanks for joining. You're our first dude on the pod. <laughs> oh, is that okay? Should I take him off? No, we're we're all inclusive. No, we need a Philadelphia sports fans perspective. Yeah, on- so... So somebody who's a major, major, major Philly sports fan, you now live in Boston. How do you feel the differences? Do you feel that Boston is as hard on their athletes and their players as Philly is? I think Boston fans are entitled because uh-huh. they're so accustomed to winning. Uh-huh. Right. That they just expect winning. While Eagles fans, Eagles fans are very passionate. Or Philly fans are very passionate. Yeah. Because they want to win so bad. That's my take. But um, like really quick, like let's go back to like, remember what happened with Nelson Aguilar last year where like the guy drug him being like, he, you know, we're out, we're out here catching babies better than Nelson. Like is Boston as intense as that? Do they pick, are they picking on Julian Edelman? Are they, are they like picking on Jason Tatum for missing foul shots? Like they do Ben Simmons. Like, is it as intense of like the, it's fine. I get picking on the quarterback, picking on the star pitcher, but like we're talking about, like we're picking on Jordan Mailata, who like played, who's from New Zealand, who never played football until two years ago. Like Philly's like that crazy. Is Boston that as intense? Uh, yeah, Boston. Boston would, uh, if they're winning, uh, then they would care and they would pick on the stars. But when they're losing, the role players, they're like, whatever. Like we're just we're used to winning, so. Oh, it's fine. Relevant. Yeah, it's irrelevant. Okay. In Boston. How's, how's it like an enemy territory? I stay to myself. So I will say, quick funny story. The first time we moved to Boston, we went to the food store, shop, stop and shop. And it was right after the Eagles beat the Patriots to win the Super Bowl the following season. 
and I was walking around wearing my Eagle stuff because I've been wearing Eagle stuff for 15, 20 years. And I, I swear people were giving me dirty looks and I'm like, what is going on? And it was midway through that I realized like, oh shit, I'm, I'm in Boston territory yeah. wearing an Eagles hoodie. So right. that, was, that was a pretty big moment for me. I was going to say, that must have felt pretty good. I yeah, was like, just one, so it was nice. Well, Sonic too, Sonic has, thanks babe. Sonic has a, like an Eagles jacket that we put on when we take him out. And when I first moved here, I was like, I don't think I could wear this when I take him out alone. Like, I don't know if it's good for me to do. But wait, I am definitely that girl. Like, I swear to God, like if I'm out and about in the city and I see somebody in like a Cowboys hat or like a ring, like the other day there was somebody in a Minnesota Vikings jersey and I was in Starbucks and I was like, what's the deal with the Vikings? here like I straight up ask them because it's it's weird to me like if I in the other even what was not it was Monday it was after the Eagles lost and there was just like I was crossing I'm on 13th street trying to make the left to go onto market and so you have to wait for people to cross and there was just like adorable old lady she looked like she was about 80 gray hair in her walker crossing the street in an Eagles hat and an Eagles scarf and I tried so hard to take her picture but like I didn't want to hit her so I couldn't but I was like this is Philly, like this woman who could barely walk, like dull, like decked out in her Eagles gear, like the day after they lose, like, I don't know if other cities are like that. I mean, obviously they're probably some old Boston ladies, but I feel like they're wearing like Red Sox stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're, I guess, what do you think the, the heritage team is there? Like what's like, like, I mean, the Eagles are the heritage team here, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, <laughs> that's a tough. Like, what do you think is like the heart? Like the old school, like, like old Boston. I would say the socks because like mm-hmm. there's such history at Fenway. Yeah. Um, there's such history to that that team. Um, that I, I think like, I think that you could get mad and be mad at the Patriots and you could be mad at Tom Brady and you could be mad at Belichick and Kraft doing like crazy things. So I think you could be mad at that but the Sox will get away with murder because they are the heritage team in the station in the, in the city. I mean, like we saw Alex Cora literally cheated, won uh, the World Series, and they just rehired him back. And that's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's crazy, you know? So like, I think that in the city of Boston, like they love, they love their sports. It's a huge sports city. And honestly, it's something that I think is, it's nice because I would have missed it so much because I miss being home anyways. So at least like I come to a place that feels kind of familiar. Yeah. Um, that's nice. Um, but like they live their sports here. Um, you know, so- one of the funny stories. So right before the fanatic picked me up, um, I was looking at other cities to do like sports talk radio in. And I was like, I feel like the only other places, I mean, I don't know how I would have, how I would fare in, in Boston or New York, but like, I, I like Boston as a city and I feel like I connect with Boston. And I think it's probably because the fan base, you know, it's like, you know, I've been diehard Philly my whole life, but I was looking, I was like, I said, if, I think if there's anywhere I could go, it could be Boston. And I started to like, like put out some feelers in Boston. And then, and then I swear maybe like a month after, like I was starting to like talk to some people up there, like some, you know, the fanatic ended up picking me up, but I was like, I could do sports talk radio in Boston. Like, I feel like I could connect with that fan base. I feel like yeah. them and- You, you know. could, yeah. It, 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 
it's it's hard um like it, it was hard transitioning before i moved i was sort of like ah oh, whatever like you 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 kind of just like leaving your family and your friends and your network, yeah. it didn't seem as heavy as it was um, until I got here. And I have to say one thing that sort of like made it easier was that it doesn't feel unfamiliar right. because yeah. they're such similar cities and mm-hmm. like the, who their people are. I mean, obviously there's so many different kinds of like places in the world, but like they're just hardworking people uh, who love their families, love their sports, love their friends. Like you get that gritty feeling here. And it was the same feeling that I got when I was in Philadelphia and it doesn't yeah. feel so not home. So, right. like, it, it, so that, that's actually like what made it a little bit more comforting. And I, like, I know I've, I've heard you and I, I know what you're capable of. You would do extremely well in this city. That would be something. I mean, Philadelphia I, might, might never speak to me again. No. <laughs> Well, that was actually really, it's funny you say that because I spent so much time in Philly and going to Philly, I never had alliances. Like I said, when it came to sports, like I sort of like picked it up, uh, like as I watched it. And when I moved to Philly, like I started working in Philly sports. So I like began to fall in love with Philly sports. And then I met Jimmy, who's like a huge Philly sports fan. And that just amplified it. But coming here, you almost are so... Like I, some, when I first got here, I was like, bro, I can't tweet about the Eagles. Like I can't post with like my Eagles shirt on Sunday. And that's a real right. thing because even though they're so similar, they don't like each other. Right. So, yeah. so that is very difficult. Like people, when I first moved here, they're like, please don't become a Patriots fan or a Sox fan. Like that's really real. Yeah. So you have you gone to I'm assuming you've gone to a Patriots, Celtics, Bruins and and uh Red Sox game, right? Yeah. The, um I've never gone to an actual Bruins game. I've been at like their practice facilities and like we've done work with them. Um I never actually gone to a game, although I'd love to. Uh but yeah, done Celtics, done the So Patriots. what was the most electric out of the three? Um Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, well, Fenway is just Fenway. Right, right. Best with Fenway. I've been there yeah. twice. Um, I went to see the Flyers uh, play the Bruins in the Winter Classic in 2010. That's so, fun. I had a New Year's cool. at all those bars around Fenway, which is so fun. It's so fun. And then I went to um, a Sox game when I was up there for a bachelorette party, and we did bleachers um, inside the park and everything. So, like, what is it like? I haven't, um, like, what is it like, like going to those games versus I guess going to like Philadelphia sporting events? It's, it's, I have to say experiencing sports here has been, um, it's better. It's, uh, it's because like you said, like Fenway isn't just Fenway, like Fenway is attached to this street that's filled with bars and they shut it down and there's like food vendors and there's the house of blues and like so it's not just like you're going to a Sox game and there's something about the stadium too like it's very old like my first time actually coming was Derek Jeter's last game ever he played at Fenway and wow. I remember coming it was when I moved here and um I remember coming and I was like all the Sox fans just let Yankees like we took over 
the entire stadium. And I remember just being like fascinated by that and then coming back. And it's, su it's such of a small stadium that it doesn't feel overwhelming. Like it feels rustic. Like there's yeah. something to it um, that experiencing it was really cool. The Celtics game, um, I just had really good seats. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was the first time my coworker like knows somebody that knows somebody that got us floor seats. So I was on the floor and I was like, well, I can never go to a game ever again. <laughs> I'm like, after you experience that, I'm like, I can't like, this is it. Like I can never go to another basketball game. And then, um, and then with the Patriots, actually, Jimmy's really good childhood friend, Mohamed Sanu, ended up playing for the Patriots. Oh, yeah. oh that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Wasn't he with the Falcons, wasn't yeah, he? He was with Cincy, then he was with the Falcons, and then he came and played a year, um, half a year, with the Patriots right before COVID hit. So experiencing it, like, kind of through him was really cool, too. Yeah. And I also, like, did a bunch of work with the Patriots. They, they had, like, um like a couple like Madden events and stuff that I got to like see the stadium and work with them. So that was really cool. So like, I've, I've been really privileged to like partake in the city's um, sports, but in terms of consuming it, I will say there's nothing like Fenway. Right. Well, yeah, which I makes sense. If there are fans in the stadiums, like come this summer, like we should go up. Yeah. There. Oh yeah. Like, we have an extra room. This couch pulls out fun you're more than welcome to come up to boston you got a home here yeah i yeah i love i love that city and i do i mean i'm nothing against citizens bank park but fenway is such a special special place like there's it, yeah it's just it's one of those um just it's an experience it's not yeah. it's not like you're going to a game it, you know you're going to a venue like no you're going to an experience yeah yeah even the way they like like they like they check your tickets like it's all very it, it feels it, it just has a different feeling and like you mentioned Natalie a uh, bleachers is really cool like they take this whole wall out and you could see into the park from this bar that you're out at outside of it so like there's just a lot of really cool elements to Fenway yeah yeah Fenway is amazing and then I wait I just lost my train of thought I wanted to say something I forget but no, yeah. Yeah, Fenway's awesome. Um, this was amazing. Thank you for taking time to do this. You yeah. wait, what time do you wake up? Um, at four o'clock in the morning. Oh my wow. God, we kept you so long. No, this was okay. I took a nap today because I knew we were doing this. So yeah. And we just started watching. Have you guys started watching Your Honor at all on Showtime? No, what's that about? Oh God, it's with Brian Cranston. Yeah. It's like, it's unbelievable. Did you watch Defending Jacob at all? It was another one of those like, it's yeah. It's Wait, like defending Jacob was with Chris Evans, right? Yeah. 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 Ah. Wait, did I make him my snack already? I don't think. I don't think. I, I do. I do with Nicole's snack break on every episode where I pick a favorite snack. Um, and usually it's not, usually I don't do it when the guests are on, but Chris Evans, ah. Have definitely have snack, but we'll talk about he, that on our episode. He's out and about in Boston though. Isn't he always around? Yeah, he's from here. Um, so like he comes back here all the time, but um, he was in that show and that yeah. show is similar to Your Honor. This show is, like, I should go to sleep now, but I'll probably go watch another episode after this. So. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to check it out. Well, yeah. Um, so much yeah, stuff. tell everybody your socials. Um, it is Bex 
it's spelled B-E-X on air. So B-E-X on air. I know, I know.